Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, it's great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. Uh, we're we're going to talk about divorce. Uh, the divorce was in the news this week. Uh, Congresswoman Green has mentioned that, but it's not the routine divorce that goes on in the world, and I'm, I'm sure sure she wasn't promoting the divorce of men and wife uh, you know so but before we start into that I want to mention that you know uh, in the last couple days uh, the president has been emphasizing the fact that we have to today especially mention the fact that it's one year since the Russians invaded Ukraine and that's a big big anniversary that everybody should be aware of those Russians were at it but what they didn't mention was exactly nine years ago to the day, uh, the uh, coup against the uh, Yanukovych administration in Ukraine was carried out by the United States and also NATO, and the war between NATO and Russia was started. But that's not the way they painted. It was the Russians that did this. They did. Uh, they don't talk about, you know, maybe some incentives for the Russians to be a little more aggressive has been the bombing of the pipeline, you, you know, as well as bombing the bridge. So there's been lots of violence going on, but I think uh, we don't have clean hands on this. But we've talked about that a lot, and we will be later. But today we want to emphasize more, Chris, uh, is, is this whole idea of the suggestion of uh, Marjorie Green. And, you know, uh, I think she got a lot of attention from this. A lot of people wanted to know about this divorce that she's proposing. And her divorce is interesting to talk about, and it tells us something. She thinks there should be a divorce in this country between the, the Reds and the Blues because we can't get along and we can't come together and therefore there's only one thing left uh, you know uh, that uh, we just separate ourselves but you know uh, like in the real world of divorce uh, you're not supposed to jump at this and not figure out what else you might do and I keep thinking the division that exists between you know the radical left and the uh, conservative uh, Republicans is uh, you know something that sh we haven't really tested. So basically, Chris, my argument is, why don't we try freedom? You know, a non-violent society where governments aren't allowed to steal from one group and plunder one group for the benefit of another group and always regulate our personal lives, our financial lives, our international lives. And uh, we really haven't covered that. So maybe the divisiveness is deciding how to uh, divvy up the loot and divvy up the power, and it's not going well. But there's not very many people that expect tomorrow, all of a sudden, the governor of California is going to get along with uh, the governor of Florida. So th there's a problem there, but I think they're looking in the wrong place, and a lot of people are saying, yes, divorce is what we need, uh, but it's not going to be solved if we don't have some coming together. What brings people together is the principles of liberty. Uh, freedom, freedom is very popular. Instead of being divisive, as we have a country now, it, it really brings people together. So that's been my suggestion for a long time. I thought it was an appropriate time to uh, remind people that freedom does does work. Chris. Right, Dr. Paul. And you know, the very existence of the United States is due to secession. Uh, we, 13 states, uh, seceded from England in 1783. And uh, you know, we call it American Revolution, but it was not a revolution. That's, it's misnamed. 
the Americans did not uh, seek to overthrow the crown and take over uh, the British government. They wanted secession. So, and that's what they got when the British government was there. So it wasn't a revolution, but that's, you know, this is semantics. So Marjorie Taylor Greene suggests this idea, and all of a sudden the entire left wing, they turn into King George. No way. Where do you think you're going? You're not going anywhere. You know, there's a big difference, though, between King George and, and our government. We have the biggest, brokest government in the history of the world. King George, he was like a radical libertarian compared to our empire that we live in. I mean, I think they revolted and seceded for over a 3% tax. I mean, a 3% tax, can you imagine? It's, you know, it's, it's unimaginable today. So, you know, but this idea of separating yourself and getting out of an abusive relationship is very American. It's as American as it gets. I mean, read the Declaration of Independence. It's, it's right in there, the very first document. So it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, things don't change. People in power, they call you a traitor and treasonous if you want to leave. You know, that's how it was with the British. That's how it is today. And it's, you know, it's amusing to see and talk about. Very good. You know, I think in a way the founders were maybe overly optimistic because they didn't really deal with the subject. But I think it would have been really pretty neat if that had put in the Constitution the right of the states to secede. But I think that was assumed. You know, they were coming together, you know, voluntarily. Why wouldn't they be able to leave voluntarily? But it was not explicit. And we all know of the tragedies uh, under Lincoln, what happened, and this and the killing of 800,000 Americans possibly for the Civil War, because there was not that, uh, that understanding that people ought to be able to leave. But there is a principle, and uh, Woodrow Wilson abused this principle because he talked about it, it sounded pretty good. And that is what we want at the end of the war is self-determination. People should be able to determine, uh, you know, exactly where they want to live and what they should do, and outsiders shouldn't interfere. Well, you know, that was just political propaganda. And self-determination is a good principle, but the other one we talk a lot about is the voluntarism. You know, if people are going to live together with minimal government interference, like down to close to zero meddling in our lives and our economy, uh, you, you have transaction. I keep thinking, you know, how wonderful it would be if we honored this whole position of voluntarism, would our country be so divided? Because everything would be done, all groups coming together, all people coming together, all economics coming together, all political beliefs and religious beliefs. If you want to deal with it, if you don't like it or want to join, everything should be voluntary. And uh, people should come together and uh, have this voluntary agreement. But there should be voluntarism in the separation, too. But I think there would be less uh, bitterness if we had a little better understanding of what liberty is all about. Because if we honored liberty, I th don't think that we would get to the place where we are today. Because I think it's a, re a natural result. It should be predictable that there would be a time when this country would go broke and the regulations will be very overly burdensome and there'll be too many wars and it will continue and uh, we shouldn't be surprised at all. That's why if we had a better understanding of how a free society could be maintained, uh, we would have self-determination and voluntarism. And uh, also uh, those principles should be acceptable by the people. You can't instill this in people. You know, the government can't come along and well, all right, now,
now now we're going to have decency from everybody and everybody's going to get along together it it really doesn't work and the founders worried about that they thought the constitution was a pretty good deal you know for the country to get started with but they also said it ain't going to work if the people do not remain a uh, you know a moral people with a moral standards and understanding about natural law and understanding uh, you know that violence is not a solution so we went in the opposite direction and government grew and out of proportion and we end up with the, this divisiveness and I think it's going to get much sharper but the real real trick here is there is a, there are factions now that are arbitrary they might take a position one time since they don't accept the principle of truth they can shift their gears one time they could be uh, you know against the war then the next week they could be for the war and uh, that's why we saw some frustration in developing our uh, our working position you know with progressives against the war in ukraine because there was a time in uh, well during the vietnam and even a time in the in the early part of this century uh it was much easier to work with progressives who were anti-war but all of a sudden they flipped <laughs> you know and now, now they're more aggressive than the republicans so but both sides have not gone to the point where we are and that is non-intervention minding our own business in our personal lives our international lives uh, and our economic lives and that is what is necessary it has to be a principle that the people endorse chris yes dr paul and you know as we're looking at that marjorie taylor green uh, tweet it's not necessarily that we agree with her because i don't really know where she stands it was very you know red state blue state and that honestly is, uh, our country is not even like that. If you look at the electoral map, you know, by counties, it's all, it's virtually all red. And you have, you know, the coasts are blue and you have patches of blue here and there. So it's not really as clean as red state, blue state. Uh, but, you know, just as a mental uh, exercise in looking how people reacted to this, you know, the left went bananas, you know, that they're totally against such a thing. How dare you even suggest it? And, but you know what? It's, it's really interesting because the left hates MAGA so much. They call them names. They call them this, deplorables. <laughs> Yet they insist that they must live with them. You can't leave. You must stay here. You know, and, and I wonder, well, you know, what, where does this come from? And it has to do with leftist ideology in general. They're all about using government force to remake people. So if there's no one around to remake, who will they tax? Who will they censor themselves? Who are they going to remake themselves? So the leftists need people around that they can regulate with government force. That's why they don't want you to leave. It's you know it's an interesting as an outsider we're neither red or blue uh, to see how these dynamics work. And uh, you know so, somehow and we, we suggest volunteerism, letting people live as they wish to live without using force against each other. That's how people come together. Uh, somebody's going to have to give there and there's going to have to be compromises in order for people to live peacefully with one another. Good. You know, in a, in a way, the system has worked uh, pretty well, and we should give credit where it has worked to some degree, but we also have to recognize exactly what she's talking about because they're seeing the end of a civil society is going to get, uh, to get worse. And uh, I think that has, to, that has to be realized as well. But I think it's worked to a degree 
because uh, the states had been given by the Constitution a lot of rights and, and obligations over the federal government. You know, if we'd follow the law and the Constitution, the liberal believes that you can do anything that has not been prohibited in the Constitution. But the Constitution said you can do only the things that we gave you explicit permission to do, and the rest you leave to the states and to the individual. That's not the way they in interpret it. But in spite of all those shortcomings, uh, you know, people have been able, you know, when they were getting uh, uh, disgusted with all the lockdown regulations, some states got bad, some states, uh, you know, uh, counteracted the federal government, and guess what? Uh, they were rewarded for it, you know, and, and the ones who went nuts, they're, they're, they have suffered the consequence. So you look at the states like California, New York, they, they've suffered. But if you take Texas and, and Florida, uh, there's been a plus and people were able to move there say, and there was freedom of movement. But that just drives the left nuts because they don't, they don't want that. And if you get too much of that and already they'll do that, the, you know, the, uh, the, the numbers will show that the states that have abused the Constitution, they have more welfareism and more expense and more debt. So they say, well, we're all a nation together. Send the bills to Florida. Send the bills to Texas. Send the bills to the people who, you know, acted decently and made money. But we're in charge. So they will. So that'll, that'll continue. But right now, there's been a certain adjustment that people, uh, people voted, voted by just leaving and going to another place. But what we would like to do is move in that direction and make sure everybody have a freedom of choice and there would be more volunteerism. Of course, the whole system of taxation and monetary policy and foreign policy, that would all have to be addressed. But it can all be addressed by the, uh, the, the one principle, freedom is popular, non-intervention is good, non-violence is good, leave people alone, tolerate Tolerate other people's views if there's no violence involved. That's the hardest one I think people have. Oh, they do this, this, they believe this, and whatever. I think that's one of the shortcomings uh, of, a, of a free society because they want to be authoritarians and then they jump in and they feel, figure, oh, there's some poverty out there. We got to cure it. Where did the poverty come? Not from the government. The government's never caused any trouble. They didn't cause the people to have inflation rates at 10 and 15 percent. Oh, no, that, that wouldn't be possible. So they, 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 won't, they won't look at the reality of that and say, well, we can change a little bit of it. But I see it as an opportunity, the mess that we have and even, even the discussion we're having is an opportunity to try to get a message out, a message that the founders introduced to our country, and now it's sort of faded. And for the last hundred years or so, we've had to put up with a momentum of George Soros uh, with uh, cultural Marxism. And he has placed a lot of people in strategic places around the country. And it is up to us if we believe strongly enough in volunteerism. We have to spread that message. Fantastic, Dr. Paul. I'll uh, uh, give my closing thoughts now. Yeah, uh, we all have our own beliefs and opinions. And uh, the purpose of government is to protect our freedom and not to push and force a certain ideology. And obviously, we are in the latter uh, you know, part today, where government is used as a tool uh, to force ideology, not protect liberty. And you know, that's always been a leftist position. That's how they see government, as a tool to remake society, 
know, the Soviets were like that, and they wanted it to be global. Uh, our own government is like that in a global sense, too. And now they're not communists, where the government owns everything, but they're more uh, corporatists, where they'll have rigged markets and, and corporations in bed with government. So that's how they're different than the Soviets, but they still want a global system that they can control. And on a state level, it's the same thing. California wants everybody to be like them. I think the governor recently tweeted, as California goes, the world goes. You know, fortunately, that's not true, but that's how they think. They're very universalist. Everyone must be like them. Now, us, liberty, we also are universalist too. But there is one major difference, not by force, not by using government to impose liberty on anyone. The goal is for enough people to want liberty, to understand it, and want it on their own, and not have it forced on them. And then, and only then, can you have a genuinely free society. You know, we're in the minority of people that believe this kind of stuff, but, you know, minorities move the world, so that's not necessarily a bad thing. But that's the difference between universalism of people who believe that government is there as a tool of force that you go and beat people over the head with, or that you, or like us, do we think, Government is there to only use force to protect people's freedom. Very good. You know, uh, we read and study and talk about what uh, Congresswoman Green wants. And in some ways, it might be very close to what we've been talking about, because under the circumstances, we have limits. And uh, the amount of liberty that still exists has allowed us to move around. And in a way, there's uh, blue areas of the country and red areas of the other part of the country. But the big question is, and I think you mentioned it in your opening statement, Chris, is the fact that we don't know exactly what she's advocating. And I'm, I'm not sure either. But if you decided you were going to have red and blue and declare uh, separation and decide to do it by force and say you can't come over here and have have new property lines. That's that's a different story. But this whole idea that there is a division, uh, it always exists. And I think she more or less was speaking out the truth and it drove a few people nuts. But I don't think, uh, at least I didn't read into it, that she was calling for arms in order to separate and uh, make, make a new a new new country to redo it because i think ideology is the real way that uh, that that you have to deal with it and voluntarism and not force but even all those things if you want to give them a little bit of a pass on this you have to realize that one of the most menacing parts of our society today every day it gets worse and that is the terrible stuff coming out of our government-run schools i mean this is really the problem and that's where uh, uh, Marxism comes from, and that's where cultural Marxism has come from. That's where all the nonsense comes from, whether it's intervention in the foreign policy or, you know, corporatism. They tolerate that, and then we end up with uh, corporations running the, the media and, and, uh, and, uh, and, and the, the whole work. So there's uh, this idea that there is a separation. What we should do is look at it. Why? And what can we do to move the transition along? And my answer is not complex. What we need is more freedom. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.